Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be right back with today's guest, but we want to give a shout out to our partners, the Florida Coaches Coalition, We Coach, Vital Signs Wall of Fame, and the Global Community of Women in High School Sports. You've heard me say many times, these are four great organizations that you should really have as part of your network. And now, do me a favor, don't hit that fast forward button. Stay with us for the next three minutes. We're going to give our sponsors a shout out. These are all great companies that I used as an athletic director or as a coach. I really think you should use them too. Here we go. We want to say thanks to Vital Signs Wall of Fame for their support. Go to their website, vitalsignswalloffame.com, and check out their interactive touchscreen video consoles. It's a great way to showcase your school record boards, your school's Hall of Fame, or your school's history and proudest moments. Mention this podcast, you'll get a nice discount. That's vitalsignswalloffame.com. We also want to say thanks to Gipper. Go to gipper.com. Start creating world-class content for your school's social media channels. Your kids are on social media, and if you're not promoting your athletes and celebrating your team's accomplishments, you're really missing out on a great opportunity. Gipper is professional graphic design made simple. So easy, even I can do it. And it's trusted by over 3,000 athletic programs across the country. Go to gipper.com. Mention this podcast. They'll give you a nice discount, too. That's gipper.com. We also want to thank Hometown Ticketing. Go to hometownticketing.com. They're the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. I don't think I need to say anything more. If you're not using Hometown, Hometown Ticketing offers more, more support, more security, more customization. Go to hometownticketing.com to get started today. We also would like to say thanks to Sideline Interactive, indoor score tables and video boards. Go to sidelineinteractive.com, check out their scoreboards and their score tables. Uh, also schedule a live web demo to see their products in action. They not only generate income for your department, they also create the ultimate game day experience for your student athletes. That's sidelineinteractive.com. We also want to thank Home Campus for their support. Home Campus is the exclusive high school and state association platform. For us, it's also your one-stop platform for things like scheduling, student-athlete eligibility and clearance, uh, coaches tracking, and a whole lot more. To get started, all you have to do is go to homecampus.com. That's homecampus.com. We'd like to thank Snap Mobile for their support. Go to snapraise.com. That's the website, SnapRaise. Check out their entire suite of platforms designed to help you do your job better. You've got the number one fundraising platform out there, SnapRaise, but you also have Snap Store, Snap Manage, Snap Connect. Check them all out at snapraise.com. That's snapraise.com. We also want to say thanks to Huddle. Go to huddle.com. Change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years, but when I became an athletic director, I made sure our school was a Huddle school, and our coaches just loved the tools that Huddle provided that let them coach our players up to their highest level. At Huddle, we believe in sports, and teams believe in Huddle. Join the 8 million users. Turn your school into a Huddle school. And we want to say thanks to Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. 
athletic directors already hear back from the complainers, the 2% that want to gripe about everything. Athletic surveys will connect you with the 2%, but they'll also connect you with the 98% that supports your program. That's a tremendously valuable tool to have when you're talking with a frustrated parent or your principal or even your school board. Go to athleticsurveys.com. They're going to create a custom survey for your school that lets you take the pulse of your parents and your student-athletes. That's athleticsurveys.com. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Got a really cool guest today. Uh, we're going to be visiting with Lori Coburn. Lori and I used to work together. Lori has an incredible background in education. She's also a certified athletic administrator, a CAA. She's been a teacher. She's been a guidance counselor. She's been an administrator uh, and now she is working for an organization called Optima Ed. I'm going to let her talk about that later on. But uh, Lori Cober, welcome to the Educational AD Podcast. Thanks, Jake. So glad to be here. Really appreciate the opportunity. Oh, well, absolutely. We're going to get to this later on. But for our listeners, Lori uh, was uh, a teacher at our school, uh, the McClay School up in Tallahassee. You've heard me say that many times before. She did one of the, uh, there's no other way to say it, one of the best coaching jobs I have ever been uh, um, able to witness. I'm not going to say a part of, I was just the athletic director. She did it all with uh, one of our teams. She's going to share that story later. But uh, Lori, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So give us that quick bio, where you were born, where you grew up, maybe take us up through your own high school and college days, and then we'll take a break. But uh, what's the Lori Coburn origin story? <laughs> well, um, I am a 30-year educator. I grew up in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I played softball, volleyball, and basketball in high school uh, and junior high. Um, went to college and played softball and volleyball. Was a grad assistant coach in college. Got my master's degree in counseling. Uh, from that school as a GA. And uh, if anybody ever wants to talk about being a GA, just give me a call. We need to discuss that before you make that decision. I'm kidding. Um, then um, finished grad school and then uh, started teaching. So I jumped right into to athletics, um, coaching. When I started teaching, started to be the women's AD at a school in Tennessee. They didn't really have a women's program. So uh, the AD over everything asked me to be the women's AD, and I was. Um, I also was like the student activities director. I kind of had a youth ministry background. I uh, thought I wanted to be a youth minister for forever uh, because my youth minister was the best. And then, you know, my junior high coach in Clinton, Mississippi, uh, she was amazing as well. Uh, so I kind of wanted to be that person put together. Uh, but my school, my college, um, they canceled the church activities program. So my dad said, you know what? I don't know many 40-year-old youth ministers, so why don't you go into teaching? And uh, so that's what I did. I thought, eh, I don't want to be a teacher. But 30 years later, here I am. So after I started teaching, I kind of started taking on more leadership roles in Tennessee. Um, met my husband in Tennessee, Brad. I have two beautiful children who are both grown now. One just got married this summer. One is about to graduate from the University of Central Florida, so very proud of them. 
But uh, after that, uh, moved to Pearl, Mississippi, because a friend of mine that I had played ball with in college asked me to come down and uh, coach softball there, start a fast pitch program because they didn't have a fast pitch program. So I went down there and um, helped her. I coached ninth grade basketball and started the fast pitch program at Pearl High School. Also started a fast pitch program at the school in Tennessee. And we had to, we can talk about that later, but we had to double up with another school because I didn't have enough. They didn't have enough. So we doubled up. And now the team that we doubled up with is like contending for state every year in the state of Tennessee. So it, it's pretty amazing how that has morphed into what it is today. But I was on the ground floor of that, which was really fun. I feel like that's kind of my thing, starting stuff, getting it good, and then handing it off to somebody else because uh, I, like to, I like to start these programs. So anyway, after Pearl High School, there was a shooting there. So I had to endure that. That was pretty rotten. Uh, it was in 1997. And um, so I could not stay there anymore. So we moved to Baton Rouge, found out I was going to have a baby. So I wanted to be near home. So I moved to Baton Rouge, started teaching in middle school. I didn't coach at that time because I thought, oh, no way I can coach and carry this child and then be a new mama too. So I kind of stepped away from coaching for a little while. We stayed in Baton Rouge about five years. We moved back to Knoxville because my husband couldn't take the big mosquitoes in Baton Rouge. Back to Knoxville, Tennessee, uh, back to the school where I was. I started working for them. And um, again, started rolling with some coaching and other things that I was doing for them. Um, so we stayed up there, I guess. I stayed at that school for a while. And then I moved to a school in West Knoxville because my husband and I are faith-based folks and we became Episcopalians. So we went to an Episcopal school there, the Episcopal School of Knoxville. And again, I became the AD and the dean and was teaching, um, which was also an amazing thing. We started some great programs there at ESK. We were in Knoxville for about 10 years. And then my former headmaster asked me to come to Tallahassee to be his AD because I had been his dean when he was at the Episcopal School of Knoxville. So he asked me to come down to Tallahassee, be his athletic director. So I did, and my family came with me. My husband worked for a hospital in Tallahassee. I stayed at Holy Comforter. That was my time at Holy Comforter School. And then uh, moved to McClay and got to meet you. And then my husband got transferred over to Orange Park, where I started in the public school arena at Clay County. And then uh, just left Clay County, and now I'm in Optima Ed. So it's been kind of a, a roundabout thing, but the Lord knows what he's doing with my life. So I trust him with it. Yeah, um, uh, definitely a variety of experiences. And I think that, you know, you mentioned something that you think that you were uh, um, best, the best fit for you was developing programs, building them up and then moving on. Uh, a lot of parallels in my career to that. I'm going to go all the way back to your high school days. You know, I'm, uh, I'm not gonna say a lot older than you, but I'm definitely older than you. Um, when you were in high school, you talked about the multi-sport experience, you know, what was that experience back then? You know, we always talk about, you know, the disparity, and it, certainly it does still exist some places uh, between boys sports and girls sports. What was it like at your school? Were the girls sports supported uh, and, and appreciated? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, the girls sports were there because of Title IX. And then when I went to college, the same thing occurred. Um, my coaches were amazing. My coaches, except for my basketball coach. He didn't want to be the basketball coach. He was the football trainer. 
and he didn't want to be our coach, but our coach left, but it did teach me grit and resilience. And no matter what my coach tells me, I can still do my very best, no matter what's going on around me. So, um, volleyball was the librarian was coaching us. She didn't know what she was doing. Basketball was the football trainer who did not really want to be there. Uh, softball was coach Pope though. And she was amazing. She was an amazing coach an amazing person. Um, she taught me a lot about coaching and just a lot about life. And I kind of modeled myself as a softball coach after her uh, to the point where my mother made this t-shirt quilt for me much later in life. And she went back to Coach Pope and asked her for a softball jersey. Well, she didn't have any jerseys, but she gave her a shirt for my T-shirt quilt. You know, so that's the kind of person she knew who I was. She remembered me. Um, I had some accolades in high school. I wasn't a bad player. You know, I, I got all district a lot. I got utility player a lot. Um, but back then, the travel ball didn't really take away from school sports, which I don't know if you want me to talk about that or not, but I kind of have a little bit of an opinion on that. Um, I'm a, I, we change seasons, you know, and, and I've always had this philosophy that it's just like a crop. You have to change your crops in the field to replenish the dirt. If you keep going in one sport all year long, eventually that's going to catch up to you and you're either going to burn out or you're going to get hurt just like the girls in soccer who you know, their, their ACL is weak because they play soccer all year long. Now, I don't mind if kids love it, you know, go for it. But that's, that's something that was totally different when I played ball in high school. Um, so, yeah, it was difficult to be a female athlete then. It really was. Um, it was not, I loved it. That was my life. I mean, athletics, but then again, I was in choir too, so I kind of balanced that out a little bit. I think it's important for students to balance their lives between athletics and other things so that they can get to know a different group of people, become all things to all people, so that when you become an adult, you can actually relate to different groups of people. Uh, I know that athletics has helped me relate throughout my life. I know that choir has helped me relate throughout my life. Um, I know that my parents helped me relate throughout my life. So it was different, but I think college, it was more impactful when it comes to female athletics. Uh, we had to paint our own gym. We had to paint our lobby. Uh, we had to wash, you know, and I know this sounds small, but today this is unheard of, right? Um, we got one uniform and it was from these boxes in the back of this storage room and they were the thickest polyester you can possibly imagine. We got no money. Uh, we got no money for food on trips. Um, I, again, I go back to the volleyball gym where we had to play was the oldest building on campus. And we as the volleyball team decided it needed a facelift. So we paid for the paint and painted the thing over a weekend, spent hours painting the lobby of the building. And um, then when I was a GA, I had to drive the bus, play in the game, because I was still a player coach in volleyball. I had used up my eligibility in softball, but not volleyball. So I played, got back, washed the uniforms, went to bed, had to get up, go to class, and then do it all over again. You know, so um, it was it was totally different then than it is now, I think. Um, 
So I appreciate that question, but I think it, it went in the right direction. You know, Pat Summit is my all-time hero, coach, person, everything. So, uh, you know, she didn't let it bother her. I didn't let it bother me. I just played ball. Let's play ball and win. No, I'm, I'm glad you were able to share that experience. And again, I, th I think you're right. You know, obviously we're getting better. Are, are we where we need to be? Absolutely not. But, you know, we're, we're getting better. So uh, thanks for sharing that. Sure. For, for our listeners, uh, our guest is Lori Colburn. Uh, she was one of our coaches at the McClay School. Incredible uh, background in education and uh, activities. We're going to hear more, but let's go and take our first break. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to our good friends at Vital Signs Wall of Fame for their support of the podcast. Go to their website, which is vitalsignswalloffame.com. Check out their interactive touchscreen video consoles. It's a great way to display your school's record boards for all the teams, for all the sports, or your school's Hall of Fame, or simply tell your school's incredible history and share your proudest moments. Once again, go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Mention this podcast and you'll get a nice discount. That's vitalsignswalloffame.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest is Lori Coburn. She's a certified athletic administrator. And again, a tremendous background in education, athletics, and activities. Lori, you gave us a, a great uh, view of your career and all the different stops uh, I want you to share a little bit about when you came to Tallahassee. You were the athletic director at Holy Comforter School, a K through eight school in Tallahassee, sort of kind of a feeder school uh, for the McClay School. Talk about some of the challenges and some of the things that you did at Holy Comforter to you know build a successful athletic program because it obviously was very successful. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> so when I got there. Um, the previous athletic director had done, you know, a good job. I think we all go as far as we can when we're in a particular role. And so I took the baton and I kind of ran with it based on my experiences in Tennessee at uh, the Episcopal School, what I had done in the past. And there were a lot of things that could get better. You know, there were a lot of, it was almost like a shotgun approach at Holy Comforter. And I wanted to make it more of a targeted approach uh, to athletics and to build the girls program. I mean, there wasn't much of a girls program at Holy Comforter when I got there. Uh, they had cross country. They had, I think they had volleyball. They had a semi-basketball team. So one of the things that I did was I started a, a little Crusader League. It was called the Crusader League. And it was a third through fifth grade basketball league that we met on Saturday mornings. And we, I had coaches that would come on Saturday mornings. They would practice for about 30 minutes. Well, actually, let me back up. We started practicing in the afternoons before regular basketball practice. We practiced for about 30, 45 minutes before regular basketball practice started. And then I had some parents say, you're taking time away from our kids in basketball practice. So I really chewed on that for a little bit. And I thought, well, that could be true. You know, and we were trying to build our basketball program. So we started meeting on Saturday mornings and our little Crusader League would meet every Saturday morning, 30 minutes of practice, and then they would play their games against each other. And they played two games, one against one team and one against the other. 
And we had parents there and they were running the clock and they were learning. We didn't really keep a book. We just kept score. But those kids had the best time learning just basic skills. And so what I found was when we started that program, they started to, and I did that at ESK as well, they started to really change our basketball program at Holy Comforter. Our players started to improve because they were learning the skills a little bit earlier in life than, you know, and we always had a basketball camp in the summer. We had athletic camps in the summer. We had basketball. We had, I had a softball camp in the summer. We actually started a softball program at Holy Comforter that they never had before. Um, now they didn't do great, but hey, they were out there working. Again, I took my experience from ESK, which there was no softball program there either. We started a softball program, started a softball program at uh, Holy Comforter, started the Crusader League. And I tell you, the, the most impactful thing that ever happened to me at Holy Comforter was my first year there at the end of the year, the headmaster called me in and said, uh, we have some parents who are unhappy with some of the things that you've done. And I thought, okay, you know, because I was happy with them and the kids were happy with them and but, you know, at a private school, the parents are the donors, so they need to stay happy. So uh, he called me in and he gave me this list. I said, give me that list. And he gave me the list. I typed it up and I highlighted the things that I thought I could change that wouldn't impact the program negatively. You know, there were little things like having better food at the athletic banquet. Okay, easy. Uh, you know, um, changing the crusader league to Saturday mornings instead of in the afternoon. Uh, I can do that. You know, not taking away from time, uh, advertising more for somebody else. Okay, fine. No problem. So, but the things that I didn't highlight, I went back into a meeting with him and I said, look, these are the things that I think will build this program. And I really think we need to keep these, these things easy, no problem, change them, no problem. But I think, as an AD, you have to think, okay, what's best for the program? Right. You know, and you know this. I mean, you did that at McClay. Um, there were things that some people didn't like at Holy Comforter. There were things at McClay people didn't like, but it's like, you know what? This is best for our kids and for our program. So we're sticking with those things. So that was my experience at Holy Comforter. And, and I, I have that list today. I still have it just for myself to keep and remember you don't have to be married to everything, but there are some things that are beneficial that other people won't see the end result. So hang in there, stay with it. And sure enough, after three years, everybody was really happy with everything that was going on. So, um, well, and it's that, great that you had a, a head of school uh, that, you know, shared that information with you, allowed you to work with it and then backed you up on those things that you felt were were key to your program. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, I, I love the the whole, uh, uh, you know, junior crusader uh, at one of my schools in South Florida, we were the crusaders. We did the exact same thing uh, with yeah. a lot of our sports and just huge success. And you're absolutely right. Introducing those skills with our own coaches. And sometimes our high school players mm -hmm. were the coaches for those younger okay. kids. Just great. A couple of other things at Holy Comfort, if I can toss those in, sure. is that I also remembered my son was not very athletic. He had some health issues, so he didn't get the opportunity to be very athletic. So I thought, how can I reach the students that aren't athletes? And as an AD, I feel like that's our responsibility as well. So I started an archery program and a bowling league at Holy Comforter, which was really cool. So it was those kids that might 
want to be active, but not necessarily super athletic could have an opportunity to participate as well. So I just wanted to, that just rolled through my head and I thought, yeah, we did that too. So I was really proud of that as well. And you're absolutely right. And by doing that, uh, you're making those connections with those kids and, and whether right. they do or not is not important, but it might uh, be just enough of a hello for them to come in and say, Hey, I think I might try tennis or I might try mm -hmm. track and field. Um, you know, we did the same thing again. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but oh, in the yeah. play, we, uh, we ended up, we sponsored and, and financed the uh, esports program mm -hmm. uh, my last couple of years there. And uh, I understand that's still thriving today. Uh, mm -hmm. So again, those are the types of things that an AD like you uh, can make happen and impact kids lives great stuff that's right. uh, that's right. let's go and take another quick break but we're we are going to come back with some more uh once again for our listeners our guest is Lori coburn she's a certified athletic administrator longtime teacher educator and administrator uh, uh in florida and other states let's take that break but we're coming back this is the educational ad podcast we want to say thanks to gipper for their support of the podcast Go to Gipper.com, and their team is going to help you to create world-class marketing content for your school's social media channels. Your kids are on social media, and if you're not promoting your athletes and celebrating your team's accomplishments, you're missing out on a great opportunity. Gipper is professional graphic design made simple. It's so easy, even I can do it. And it's used and trusted by over 3,000 high school and colleges, athletic departments across the country. Go to Gipper.com. Mention this podcast. They'll give you a nice discount. That's Gipper.com. We also want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing. Uh, it's digital ticketing that offers more. If you hadn't heard, Hometown is the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. And if you go to HometownTicketing.com, their team is not only going to show you how to set up and sell tickets for your athletic events, but also for things like school plays, concerts, school dances, even graduation. And here's the best part. Hometown will provide you with a dedicated client success manager. It's going to give you hands-on support every step of the way. Hometown Ticketing offers more, more support, more security, more customization. Go to hometownticketing.com find out all the things they can do for you and your program. Welcome back everyone to the educational lady podcast. As I've mentioned, uh, Lori was a, a faculty member at our school and really wasn't uh, coaching much to my chagrin. Cause I harassed her. I think every year, every season, um, long story short, uh, one spring, um, she, um, uh, decided to, to help us out with our middle school softball team, which was something that we had tried uh, very hard to build, not just the middle school, but the varsity program. Um, you know, we didn't have a coach in the building. Uh, obviously, you know, that creates its own struggles. But long, long story short, Lori came on board. She was, a, again, a faculty member in our middle school and coached the softball team. So, Lori, I'm going to step back, share with our listeners how that came about and share um, the incredible journey that you took that team on. That was such a fun season. That was one of my favorite teams that I've ever coached. Um, and everybody has those, you know, just the, the magic of the team. 
this one was pretty magical. And when I first stepped in there, we barely had enough girls. If you'll remember, we barely had enough girls to field nine on the field. I don't even know if we had nine on the field at that time. So I met with the girls originally to find out some of them really had some experience. There were probably a handful that had played before, you know, and I said, all right, well, here's what we got to do. We got to go out and we got to recruit some people because we can't go out there with nine people. If somebody gets hurt, we're in trouble. And I had already had a relationship with some of them because I taught them, which honestly makes a big difference. I mean, I appreciate and love outside coaches coming in, but when I can see them all day long and talk ball with them all day long and then go out on the field with them and I know them a little bit better, um, that makes a huge difference. So I kind of got my two leaders um, and their nicknames were Hollywood and <laughs> and uh, George because um, that's a long story, but uh, one of them's in nicknames were L.A. and the other one, her last name was Calvert. And so I was a history teacher. So I just started calling her George and Hollywood. So George and Hollywood helped me um, recruit. So they just went out and we just started recruiting and we just started talking to some girls and saying, hey, I've never played before. It's OK. Don't worry about it. Come on. We just started building excitement about the program. Look, this is going to be fun. We're going to have a good time. You might learn something about softball. You never know right? So just come on out, give it a shot. And every one of those girls that came out there stayed the entire season. Uh, we started practice and I promise you, I had a handful that could catch the ball at all in their glove and without putting their other hand up and trying to do all that number. So um, we just took it slow and I had a great assistant coach. David was my assistant coach. He was fabulous. He would do anything. I'd say, David, do this. Yes, ma'am. Got it. You know, and, um, he was a super assistant and, and his attitude really helped build that program as well. But it all came down to guys, look, whether we win a game or not, doesn't really matter. I want you to learn softball because softball is the best sport ever. And I want you to be out here with me when it's beautiful outside. We're going to spend time together. We're going to be a team. We're going to have some success. It may not be every day, but we're going to have some success. And so we get to our first game, and it was against a pretty big Christian school. Uh, it was North Florida Christian. And uh, they had had a softball program forever. And the year before, they had just drilled McClay. And so we get up there, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to be as aggressive as I can be, because that's the kind of coach I am in softball and basketball. I press. I steal bases. You know, we slap bunt. We bunt. We just get – we throw it all at them at one time. All and everything. So we get in that first game and my girl, my first girl up, got a slap bunt that went over the second baseman's head. She goes to second base and then I give her the steal signal and she, her eyes get big as quarters. I'm like, no man, it's gonna be okay, you can do it. And the whole team knows I've given her the steal signal because I always like to test catchers, you know, let's make them make the mistake. Let's see if she can really throw down or not. And so she took off and was safe at second base. Then I had Hollywood get up, who had been playing ball for a long time. Hollywood hits one out, hits a triple. We score. And then she gets out at third. At third. But uh, we scored, you know, and they had never scored against NFC before ever. And it, you would think we had won the national title. They went crazy. And the NFC coach told me after the game, because I just kept putting the pressure on him, he came up to me after the game and he said, I got to tell you, 
that's the best that team has ever played. And I have played this school a long time and that was the best they've ever played. I don't know what you're doing over there, but keep doing it. And all we did, Jake, was fundamentals, fundamentals, grounders, throwing. Um, uh, I can't even think of the word right now, but we did everything with fundamentals. If you couldn't catch the ball and you were over in this corner, we did them in small groups because as you know, if you practice in a large group and I'm having to throw you know, fly balls to people who know how to catch fly balls. Well, that ain't gonna work. They're gonna get bored and get out of there. But so we had our little group over here just tossing fly balls to each other. We have our little group over here throwing to each other, learning how to catch. We had our more advanced players over here getting hot grounders hit to them in the infield. Then fly balls they had to run for in the outfield. And I'll tell you, I think the key to that team was chemistry. Um, because even I've had teams where I've taught skills and foundational pieces and fundamentals, but if the chemistry is not there with the coach and with the players, it's not going to work. But I sold them a product and the product I sold them was, this is going to be an awesome year. And sure enough, we went, I think, I don't even remember our record because it didn't matter to me. All I cared about was how they felt when they walked away from softball at McClay and went on to the high school team. Um, they wanted me to come up to the high school with them, but my husband got transferred. So we had right. to move or I would have uh, if that opportunity was availing itself. But, you know, I had a relationship with the parents. We communicated well. I was in constant, positive, proactive communication with parents. They were never confused about a schedule, even if a game changed. They knew ahead of time. So all of those pieces that a coach and an AD have to do, proactive communicate positive, you know? I, I look at Deion Sanders today. You know, everybody's slamming him for this loss recently, but it's like, he knows he lost. He doesn't need to be reminded, but he's continuously being positive. You know, we're gonna come back, we're gonna get better. And somewhere along the way, winning at all costs has become the mantra. And instead of just, how do you feel when you leave? How do you, I came in second. I've thought about writing a book called I Am Second. And because I have come in second in conference championships for years, right? For years at ESK in basketball, in college, two years in a row. Um, it, it, it's just, uh, you have to learn how to lose before you know how to win, you know? So my girls, we won a couple. We won a few right. that year. Mm -hmm. We went... We went a nine-inning game, and I think the score was something like 16 to 15. And that was out of town. But you, again, you would have thought we won everything, the Olympics. Um, but it, yeah, but it was all about, it was just about chemistry and believing in each other. And uh, again, having that proactive, positive communication all around. And again, I, I got to see that firsthand. I had a front row seat and, and you touched on a number of key points that any athletic director, any coach needs to write down. So correct me if I leave something out, you know, number one, uh, you taught in our school. You saw those kids every day in the classroom, in the dining hall, uh, in clubs, there was a relationship there. And, and you mentioned, it. uh, we, you and I have both, we've had great coaches from the community, parents, professional people that didn't teach that came on and coached for us, great coaches, but having that 
daily presence is impactful. You went from there and you recruited. It wasn't like, oh, you know, the heck with those kids that didn't come out. You Let's go out and get them to come out. You used your players that had the student to student relationship to get them out. And then I think the single biggest thing, well, maybe two more. You, you stressed fundamentals. I was there at your practices. I saw it. Um, it. So many coaches get tied up in, you know, the the bling uh, uh, and they forget how important fundamentals are, particularly at a middle school age. And then also that had been a program as an athletic director where, and, and again, it was probably some, my fault, some of the coaches fault, but previously we just didn't have great relationships with our softball parents. You really did a wonderful job of from an organizational standpoint Okay, this is what we're doing. This is what I need to do as an AD to support you uh, and also with our parents. And I really don't recall, maybe I'm just forgetting, uh, but I really don't recall a single parent issue. Uh, and you know how middle school parents can be uh, yes. that, in, that entire season. Yeah, that in itself, <laughs> that experience, um, you know, sticks out for me in all my years as an athletic director as one of the very best examples of how to do things right. And I'm going to springboard from there. And we're not done, listeners. Uh, we've had a lot more to cover. But if one of our listeners wanted to reach out and pick your brain from an mm -hmm. organizational, from a coaching standpoint, what's mm -hmm. the best way they can get a hold of you now? I think email would be great. We'll start there. Uh, my email is lcoburn66 at gmail.com. If anybody wants to reach out to me, I'm happy to share whatever. I mean, I'm not an expert. I don't know at all. I've just been through a lot and um, I've seen a lot. There's not a whole lot I haven't seen. So if you want to, if you want to reach out, you're welcome to, please do. We're going to give that email out again at the end of the podcast, but uh, let's go and take another break. And when we come back, I'm going to let Lori tell you what she's doing now. It's really very cool and and i think um you know it's going to have a big impact for you as a leader let's take that break but uh we're coming back this is the educational ad podcast we want to say thanks to our friends at sideline interactive for their support go to sidelineinteractive.com and check out their interactive um uh, scoreboards and indoor score tables Probably one of the best purchases I ever made as an athletic director was our sideline interactive indoor score table. Of course, we used it for home games, but we also used it for pep rallies, for signing ceremonies. It's tremendously versatile and their customer service, just outstanding. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and schedule a live web demo to see their products in action. That's sidelineinteractive.com. We also want to say thank you to Home Campus. Go to homecampus.com. They are the exclusive high school and state association management platform for us. It's also your one-stop platform for things like scheduling, student-athlete eligibility and clearance, uh, coach communication, and a whole lot more. Go to homecampus.com to get signed up. Once again, that's homecampus.com. 
Hey, welcome back, everyone. We're visiting today with Lori Coburn, career educator, uh, coach, uh, administrator. And just recently, uh, she's become part of uh, a program uh, I'm going to call probably clumsily Optima Ed. Uh, she's also working with, you know, county school districts, charter schools, et cetera. But Lori, explain to our listeners a little bit about, you know, what you're doing and how Optima Ed fits into that. Well, um, so recently uh, we moved kind of the country. So I decided to step away from administration and public schools because I just needed to be closer to home. And this job came up where I can work from home, but it's called Optima Ed. And Optima Ed is a charter school that works under the auspices or the umbrella of Collier County Schools in Florida. And it's a classical education that gives students an opportunity to do school online, but that classical education piece also lends itself to being a little more creative. So we actually use virtual reality as part of our uh, curriculum. And I have always believed that um, it's not the curriculum that delivers the learning, it's the teacher that delivers the learning. So we actually have the opportunity to be in virtual reality with our students and have a classroom, have a field trip, uh, do all sorts of fun, interactive, engaging things, uh, all while giving them the standards, the Florida State standards. And it's an amazing thing. We're the only school in the world that is doing this right now. So I feel like I'm on the ground floor of something that's amazing because the current you know, educational model is not gonna really be sustainable for much longer, I don't think. And that this is an opportunity to kind of change things and and help students who aren't quite as comfortable in that social setting of school to engage with other students and continue with the social process of learning. Uh, so it's been really exciting. I mean, I've only done it since August, so it's been a lot of fun to learn it. I have learned a ton about technology between then and now, because, you know, I'm a, my sister calls me a, a, a what is it called? A, the technological immigrant, and these children are technology natives. So, uh, you know, it, it's been a learning curve, but it's been awesome. And the company is great. They're kind of a homeschool arm of Collier County. And it's been an amazing ride so far. I've really enjoyed learning all these new things because, you know, we like to learn things, lifelong learners. Right. Uh, you and I were talking, um, off camera, and you mentioned that uh, the platform's used with homeschool students, but it's also used in, in a brick and mortar setting. You know, it, it is. Explain to our listeners, uh, you know, how it works, and, and maybe how you're involved with it. Some of the things that you're doing personally. Okay, so currently there is a brick and there are two brick and mortar schools in South Florida for the Optima Ed department. We are run by Optima Management Services. We are a charter school, but we're also a homeschool for Collier County. And so my part is Optima Academy Online. So in Optima Academy Online, we use virtual reality and Teams, Microsoft Teams, to um, teach the state standards. There is a brick and mortar school down in Naples, and then they just opened another one recently uh, in that area in Collier County as two charter schools. Um, and they do field trips through VR. 
from what I understand. I don't have a lot of contact with them as much as I do the online academy, but I am currently teaching sixth grade world history and eighth grade civics, and I'm enjoying the heck out of it. We are the only, the world's first VR school. I mean, I, I love being on the ground floor of stuff like that, you know, and there's just so much you can do. And you still have the interaction with students and they have interaction with each other because COVID just kind of separated us so badly. This is an opportunity to give them a, a chance to ease back into the social construct of school. And, you know, they're, they're amazing kids. Some of them may be in a hospital setting. You know, there may be some that are hospital homebound that this is a great option for them and they still feel like they're part of of the group because we use our VR headsets and we get in there together and we learn together and we get to do all sorts of activities and uh, field trips and whatnot. So it's just been, it, it's amazing. I mean, it really is amazing what they're doing over there at Optima. If anybody's interested, you can go to OptimaEd.com, look them up and you can see the Optima Online Academy. Check it out. We have kids from Michigan in there. We have kids from all over the state of Florida. Any school that has an opportunity for school choice has the opportunity to come and be part of this program. They can come and take one class and then go to the school the rest of the time. They can come and take all of their classes. They can, I mean, it's just, it's an amazing opportunity for students who might be on the fringe to have an opportunity to be socialized again in a safe space for them. Uh, I'm glad you gave that out. So that was OptimaEd.com. That's the website. Correct. Mm -hmm. If anybody's interested, just go take a look. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, the, the whole VR field trip uh, is intriguing. Uh, you know, take it if you could take maybe two minutes and maybe mm -hmm. talk about how that's going to work for a student. Okay. So let me give an example of my class. So we meet in teams first for about 10 minutes. Then we got to call it gearing up. We gear up with our VR headsets. I have already set the classroom up. I took them to the city of Rome to ancient Rome and they could walk the aqueducts of ancient Rome and we would talk about the aqueducts. I put up the 12 tables from ancient Rome and how the 12 tables impacts the United States constitution today. You know, we've been to, um, I've been to Japan with them. They've sat in a Japanese house with koi fish in the pond and they've dressed in Japanese dress. You know, they've, um, where else have we went to ancient Greece already? And we talked about democracy. You know, they've been inside the Penix, which is where the, the Greece, the Greek people met to, to vote on everything as a society. Um, so you can go anywhere. You can go anywhere. So uh, again, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not against it at all. I just haven't experienced VR. Uh, I'm going to assume that each student within the VR world that you have set up, uh, they have their own experience and you as the teacher, you can kind of monitor what they're seeing. So one student might be in this section of the Coliseum and another student might be in a completely different section. Is that true? That's correct. So yeah. what I normally do is have stations and I'll set them up all over so that they have to explore the space. And then as a teacher, I have host abilities that I can summon them all back to me when I want them back and we can talk or I can seat them all or seat lock them all. I mean, how many teachers would die to seat lock their kids, right? <laughs> I can seat lock them all and say, all right, let's talk about it. I can show a video in there. I can, 
send a quiz out to their little iPads, their virtual iPads, and they finish it and I can grade it. I mean, it's just, now there are downsides, of course. There's good and bad to everything. The good for me, because I was totally against VR my whole life. My kids are like, mom, you're doing what? Because I'm like, VR, no, you don't need to be in that virtual reality. But for, for some of my students, this is the only way that they will get socialized. This is the only way that they will ever spend time with anybody is if nobody can see their face. Mm -hmm. And so for those kids that are shy, those kids that are, again, like I said, hospital homebound, those students or parents that feel like homeschool might be better, but I really can't teach algebra to them. This is an option. You know, it's a great option. And they still have, because my avatar in virtual reality is this lovely little face right here. So uh, it, it's it's been really interesting to watch. The hard part for me was taking my 30 years of classroom brick and mortar and learning how to put it in here you know, into virtual reality, but it's been a great ride. It's been a great learning experience for me. Well, I mean, it sounds like you've got tremendous uh, possibilities and it, mm -hmm. as you alluded to, it doesn't have to be the only learning experience. You know, a classroom yeah. teacher can use this to augment, you know, what they're talking about, you know, in their course. And uh, again, talking about it versus, you know, reality you know even if it is virtual you know I, I think a lot of teachers would be excited about that so again i want to make sure i get the website correct optimaed.com and it. uh we're going to give out your email again at, at the end let's go and take another break but very cool stuff uh i'm definitely going to go check out that website um again our guest today Lori coburn career educator uh longtime coach longtime athletic director let's take that break and we'll be back with some more. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to our friends at Snap Mobile for their support. Go to snapraise.com. That's the website, SnapRaise. Check out their entire suite of platforms designed to help you do your job better. If you're looking for a fundraising platform, stop right here. SnapRaise is hands down the best one out there. They even have a program where they will give you your money before you actually do your fundraiser. Nobody else does that, but you've got a lot more. You've got Snap Connect, Snap Store, Snap Manage. You can find them all at snapraise.com. Check them out today. We also want to thank our good friends at Huddle. Go to huddle.com and change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years and it was just fantastic. But when I became an athletic director, I made sure that our school was a huddle school and our coaches just loved the tools that huddle provided that let them coach our kids up to their highest level at huddle we believe in sports and teams believe in huddle join the 8 million users and turn your school into a huddle school welcome back everyone to the educational ad podcast Lori, one of the things we try to do with this podcast is the idea of sharing best practices. So uh, I'm going to put you on the spot. You've had success in a number of different varieties as a teacher, as a coach, as a leader. What are some things that you have done or you have seen from a leadership standpoint that you would consider best practices that you can share? I think my number one best practice for any leader is to realize that you're a lifelong learner, 
that you can always learn from a situation that you're not going to nail it on the first time, usually, um, that it's important to learn from your mistakes and to not take your mistakes and internalize them, but to realize, you know, that wasn't probably the best thing to do. Let me think about that. And just like that piece of paper that my headmaster gave to me, you know, that I typed up and I wanted to see, all right, what do I need? And what can I change? You know, I'm not married to any of it. Don't ever be married to anything you've created because typically it's not going to work out like you think it's going to. In your head, it's perfect. But then when you put it out there, sometimes you're going to hit road bumps. You're going to hit, you're going to hit speed bumps. They're going to be things that slow you down, but you got to just learn from it and go, okay, this didn't work, but what if we did this? The other part of that is don't try to lead on an island. It's impossible to be a leader by yourself. I mean, yes. Is it going to hit you when it goes badly? Yes, because you're the one out front. <laughs> you're the leader. You're responsible. Everybody sees your name attached to it. Uh, but if you get a consensus of the willing, sometimes that is better. In fact, at Holy Comforter, we also created an athletic board. And we had members, parents of some of the players that would come and we'd meet every Tuesday. And we would talk about the things that we were thinking about doing. And we would talk about the budget and we would talk about, you know, the future of the program. I think it's important to have more than just one perspective for you to lead. I, I think a leader is more of a servant than a rock star, you know, um, if you think you're a rock star, you're not. And you're a leader, which means you're serving everybody and you're responsible for everything. And I think it's important to remember, you don't know it all. Be a lifelong learner. Continue to learn. Go to this podcast. Listen to some of the guests that Jake has had on. I mean, they have great things to say. I've listened to it before and they have great things to say that I thought, ah, why didn't I do that? You know, that's a great idea. Or I can morph that into something that I can use currently in my current role. So I am, I am constantly stealing, but the, you know, the, there's nothing new under the sun. Jake has been through things that I haven't been through. I've been through things that Jake, Jake and I used to talk all the time at McClay about, you know, Jake, this is what I did where I was. And he's like, yeah, this is what I did when I was, but I don't think it's going to work here. And I'm like, yeah, it might not, you know, because just because it worked there doesn't mean it's going to work where you are. So just keep learning. You know, there's a lot of young leaders out there. Uh, you don't know it all. You will eventually. I still don't. Uh, but just be a lifelong learner. I think that's a huge, huge, huge and teach the students how to be lifelong learners. That, and Jake, do I have time to talk about this real quick? Just about what students, what I have noticed in students over the last few years is that they're not willing to try because they don't want to fail. And you as the AD or you as the principal or you as the teacher, you have to show them, you know what? Sometimes I fail. I failed miserably the other day in class online because again, I, I'm a technology baby, all right? I'm over 50 years old, if that tells you anything. So it is important that my students saw that I messed up. They corrected me. And I'm like, you know what, guys? Thank you for correcting me. 
sorry. And I move on, you know, so I think it's important that we realize that students need to see us as human beings. You know, we need to see them as humans first, students second, athletes third. We need to see people as people first, and we need to lead that way. And we need to remember that we got to give them a chance. And the girls at McClay and softball, all I did was give them a chance to try, you know, and if they blew it, I mean, they had strawberries all over because when we practiced sliding, they just were not getting it. So it's important to let them try, let them fail, but then pick them up and brush them off and say, it's all right. You're okay. Let's go. You know, you'll be fine. We're going to try again. Um, so give them a chance to try, give them a chance to fail, give yourself a chance to fail and go, okay, what can I learn from that? I'm not a complete and utter failure just because I failed at that moment. And I think that teaches toughness. I think that teaches grit. You know, I, I, I do. You don't learn grit from being successful your whole life. You learn grit from being second in every conference championship you ever come from. You know, that never kept me from going back to the next one. So I think it's important that as a leader, as an AD, as a principal, get out there and be human. Get out there and be human. And, uh, and just keep teaching yourself everything you can. Soak it up like a sponge. Don't think you've arrived because you never will. The train just keeps moving. So that's my, that's my soapbox for today, Jake. Oh, no, no. <laughs> uh, I love them all. And, uh, you know, the, the whole lifelong learner, um, you know, the, the expression, you don't know what you don't know. I mean, it, it applies at all ages. It applies to, you know, uh, that let's say that young coach or AD that comes into your office uh, right out of college and, and wants to be the varsity head coach. Uh, you know, they don't know what they don't know. And that 30 or 40 year veteran, like the two of us, you know, there's things that we don't know, but yes. I think, I think we know that and we're trying to learn so we can become better. Uh, and then the failure part, again, you know, this as a longtime coach and athlete, that's how we get better. You know, we, we tried something, it didn't work. Uh, and that coach came back and said, Hey, why don't you try this next time? Uh, mm -hmm. and I don't know if it's the kids directly. I think it's, let's blame somebody. It's this generation of parents. They don't <laughs> want their kids to experience the heartbreak of failure. They don't understand, Hey, that's how they're going to get better. That's how they're going to grow. That's how they're going to become their best version. Mm -hmm. Boy. This has been great uh, catching up with you, number one, but just hearing all the great things that you're doing. But we're not done yet. Uh, we always wrap up with the athletic director's toolbox. Now, you're not an AD right now, but you certainly know your way around the world of athletics. So we're going to take our final break. We're going to hear from Athletic Surveys, who sponsored this segment. When we come back, I'm going to challenge Lori to send out a brand new athletic director, but I'm only going to let her put three things in the toolbox. So uh, let's hear from athletic surveys and then we'll hear uh, what Lori Colburn is going to put in her new athletic director toolbox. We want to thank athletic surveys for their support of the podcast. Athletic directors already hear back from the complainers, the 2% that want to gripe about everything. Go to athleticsurveys.com. They're going to connect you with the 2%, but they're also going to connect you with the 98% that supports your program. And that's a tremendously valuable tool to have when you're talking with a frustrated parent or maybe your principal or even your school board. 
go to athleticsurveys.com. They're going to create a custom survey that will let you take the pulse of your parents and your student athletes. That's athleticsurveys.com. Let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. Well, we have been visiting today with Lori Coburn. She is a certified athletic administrator, a longtime educator, uh, and one of my favorite coaches in my 41-year career. Um, Lori certainly knows her way around the world of athletics, but right now I'm going to challenge her to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job, but I'm only going to let her put three things in the toolbox. So, Lori? What three items are going to go into your new athletic director toolbox? You know, Jake, I thought about it and I really thought long and hard. And as you and I discussed off mic there, uh, there are a thousand things that you want to say to a brand new AD. But I think the top three that I would say are these. One, you are the HR department of athletics. You're it. Uh, you are also the organizational developer. So I would suggest that if you ever have a chance to take a course in organizational development, take it because it would be very beneficial to you. Uh, you're the trainer, you're the payroll department, you're the scheduler, you're everything, right? And you need some tools there. You need a skill. You need to know how to do that. So you got to train coaches, you got to train students, parents, you got to train your administrators, and you got to train your teachers. And you got to build school spirit. So all of that is part of your job too. to dovetail on what I said before. You're a lifelong learner. Learn as much as you can go and talk to other ADs, go to the most successful athletic program near you and go talk to that athletic director. Go talk to the worst athletic program near you and go talk to that athletic director. Cause I guarantee you, it's not their fault. What is happening? And go talk to both and anybody in between. I used to call ADs all the time in Tallahassee and say, hey, listen, what are y'all doing over there? I need to know because I'm going to steal it. You know, so be a lifelong learner. So you're the HR department and the trainer. Be a lifelong learner. And last, don't ever trade your values for a win. Ever. All you have is who you are. And when you leave that job, that's what you're going to walk away with doesn't matter how many trophies that program won. You're not walking out the door with those trophies. Don't trade your values for a win. Yes, winning is awesome. Love it. Take it from somebody who came in second most of her career. But your values are who you are. Don't ever trade those for anything. That's not a good trade. So if I had to put those three in, that's what I would say. Be a good trainer. Train yourself to be a trainer. Lifelong learner. And never trade your values for anything. Well, uh, again, having spent a few years at McClay with you, uh, I, I can definitely say that those three tools were in your toolbox. So, oh, thanks, uh, you know, well done. Um, so glad that you're, uh, you know, living your best life. Uh, sounds like an exciting time with Optima Ed. One more time, if one of our listeners wanted to reach out, find out more about some of your and listeners, you got a great resource here. Uh, oh. Some of your uh, experience as an AD or more about Optima Ed, why don't you go and give out both those contacts? Sure. Uh, my personal one is L Coburn, C-O-B-U-R-N 66 at gmail.com. And then if you want to know more about Optima, 
OptimaEd.com. And we just got into Arizona and Michigan and New Hampshire as well. We're going to do virtual field trips for them. Uh, so if your school is interested in something like that and you're not a Florida school, go to OptimaEd.com, look us up, check us out, and then email me and I can connect you with the right people there if you can't find who to connect with. So Jake, I'm just so appreciative of this opportunity. I really am. Uh, thank you very much. Oh, we're right back at you. We've had this uh, on the boards for a while. I was glad we were able to get you in. And uh, hey, all the best uh, moving forward. Now, uh, I didn't even ask this. Are are you living now in Collier County? No, I'm actually living in near Gainesville. I'm oh. living in Melrose, Florida. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're not that far away. Uh, we're in Tabaris. No. Okay. Oh, are you really? Yeah. Oh, cool. So we yeah. get up in Gainesville all the time for... Uh, uh, track meets and such. Uh, Absolutely. To, okay, we're gonna, yeah. have to out, gonna have to go out to dinner here. Uh, Absolutely. For our listeners, um, yes. we do this uh, just about every day, and we upload the Zoom recordings to the Educational mm -hmm. AD Podcast YouTube channel. We mm -hmm. appreciate you listening. We appreciate your support. Come back next time for another great interview, and just about every day for new content on the Educational AD Podcast. <laughs>